Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Ann Julian. Ann is a certified athletic administrator, and she's the athletic director at Holy Cross High School in Covington, Kentucky, our first Kentucky guest. Uh, Ann, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be on. Well, we've had a good time with these podcasts, and, uh, you know, uh, we're excited about hearing how you all do things uh, in your state. Um, well, Ann, we always like to let our guests, uh, excuse me, our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and uh, maybe how your love of sports led to that first job in teaching and coaching. Okay. Well, I'm a native of Taylor Mill, Kentucky, which is just uh, south of Covington, Kentucky, which I went to school at Holy Cross High School. So I'm back at my alma mater um, and happy to be there, be here. Um, so I um, graduated in 1986 everybody can do the math. And then from there, I headed out to Missouri and played volleyball and basketball at Southwest Baptist University. Okay. I was really determined to be able to play two sports in college, um, had some opportunities close to home for one sport. Basketball was probably my main sport. Um, but in high school, I played three sports, just couldn't get enough of the playing fields and really just loving my friends, and uh, I just had such wonderful coaches who later became my colleagues um, and just was so excited to be a part of any kind of team. Love that team atmosphere and, and um, being a part of just doing well. You know, and I just really don't remember the wins and losses, but I do remember I always felt like we were winners, so <laughs> that must be something. Um, I have three sisters. My dad is a girl dad, if um, I'll steal that term out from um, the late Kobe Bryant, um, who would talk about, you know, dads that have all girls. So there's uh, four of us um, within six years of each other. So, oh, wow. yeah. Um, and what was really interesting about that, my dad um, was a baseball player. He coached baseball for a holy name, um, men's league. And so us girls, we were the, the little rug rats that would be 
running around in that atmosphere and um, really learned from those gentlemen how to um, respect the game, respect, respect their teammates. They were older, they weren't high school um, players. They were, you know, like in their 23, 24 range, um, but they always treated us very nicely and um, played hard. And so that was my first experience really um, in the team setting. And so, um, you know, just did that. My dad uh, would uh, take us out in the side yard and just hit balls at us for hours upon hours. And uh, just loved that whole um, comp competition. We had a lot of competition. Well, um, we talk in our profession so much about the importance of leadership and mentorship. And I'm going to guess your dad is probably one of your, uh, your big mentors. Um, who are some of uh, the other people that have had an impact on your career, uh, either coaches that you might have had or people that you've worked with or, or worked for? Um, I like to say, whose voice do you still hear in your head when you're uh, talking with your kids or your coaches? I would say um, probably John Wysong. He unfortunately, um, unexpectedly passed away. He was our football coach. He came back to Holy Cross High School and started our um, football program just 20 years ago. This is my 22nd year at um, Holy Cross. And so he started the program, but he was my, um, when I was in seventh, eighth grade, he was my uh, freshman basketball coach. I played up on the freshman level. Um, but he was always the, the guy that, you know, if you're not having fun, why do it? And um, just was such a solid man, integrity wise. And um, taught a lot about the game. Um, what was really striking, he stayed, he was here my seventh, eighth grade year. And then that was a, you know, private school. We were private school, obviously, but he was beginning to start his family. So he had to make the hard decision of going um, to maybe earn some more money. And, um, you know, we sat down and had a long talk because we were very close. I mean, he was very close to all the players and like a father figure to us. And, um, you know, everybody's like, you know, please don't leave, please don't leave. But, you know, even at that young age, I understood that. And I had written him a little uh, note in my young handwriting, um, you know, good luck on making hard decisions. And I put a four leaf clover in that letter and signed it, you know, BFF, <laughs> best friends forever. And, um, but when he passed away, they found it in his wallet uh, 35 years later that he had, you know, switched over uh, every time he changed his wallet. And that really meant something to me. And I have it framed, you know, just those hard decisions when, you know, there's people's emotions are on the line or those kind of things. So he's one of those guys. Um, Kay Beeger was my first female coach. I'd always had male coaches growing up. Um, so she was, you know, I guess you don't think about how that impacts you as a female that actually females can coach or they can be um, in higher levels of athletics. So um, she really was inspirational in telling us young ladies, you know, we can, we can do whatever we want to do. Uh, we work hard and it, it's out there for the taking. So she was my um, high school volleyball coach. Still remains a great friend to this day. Um, someone I can talk to and, and, and call at a moment's notice. Um, but the 
my principal, my girls basketball coach, uh, Mr. Bill Goller, he's National Teacher of the Year um, for Holy Cross. But he, you know, he called us scholar scholars and that, you know, education is where you need to focus. Athletics is great and it's fun and it can be a means to the, to an end, but you have to focus on that education piece. So um, he was uh, at one time the winningest coach in the state of Kentucky. Um, and I'm just blessed to still, he comes around and he goes, goes to our games and he comes around, but he was extremely instrumental in where I am today. Uh, it's always nice to hear about uh, the people that have impacted, uh, you know, your lives. Uh, you know, you mentioned Southwest Baptist. That's in Bolivar, right? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, see, I, I coached uh, Missouri Valley College uh, for a few years back in the 90s. So uh, I, I know that area well. Uh, let's go back. Uh, you know, you're going to college, college athlete. Um, talk about those first jobs after college and, and maybe how that led to uh, your first AD position. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I had no intention of going into athletics, <laughs> um, psychology, uh, geriatrics. I, I really thought I was going to find a cure for Alzheimer's in my, my youth and uh, uh, was very passionate about helping others. So, again, played both of those sports. Uh, you know, the, the means to the end, you know, I was able to receive a scholarship and not have any financial debt once I left college, which is an absolute blessing, um, and just really took advantage of those opportunities. So um, working in a psychiatric hospital, that was my passion with um, those suffering through dementia and the uh, families. But during that time, we also had an opportunity to work on different units. And so I would work in the teen, a, teen, teen unit. And inevitably someone would say, can you help me with this math? Can you help me with this? English and it just there was a passion that was ignited that you know I think I'm, I'm pretty good about learning about learning and you know teaching those kids without being judgmental and then all of a sudden it was like you know I want to be a teacher so I went back um, I was able to secure a graduate assistant job at Southwest Baptist University and I um, there was that they had that dual program where you get your master's and your teaching certificate at the same time. So um, pursued social studies, which fell in line with psychology, which was my undergraduate. And then they, you know, the opportunity to become the head coach at Southwest, Southwest Baptist University in volleyball and fast pitch softball, <laughs> which was something not in my wheelhouse, but um, you know what we do, we align ourselves with people that are in the know. And um, so that, that was my first opportunity to work with young people, um, allow, you know, help them on their journey. And it was so rewarding. And, and that's where it began. What, uh, what got you back to Kentucky? Well, then um, Mr. Goller, our principal, my, my coach, Coach G, um, called me up and said, hey, we've got an opportunity here. We would love for you to come back to the school and work. You know, I looked at my husband and I had just, our daughter was getting ready to be kindergarten age. I said, I think it's time for me to go home. Now he was from um, Southwest Missouri, um, from Ozark, Missouri. And, uh, but he was, he was on board. He's like, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, that's what we'll do. So we loaded up, sold our house and came back to Kentucky and um, 
I came on as the academic counselor and dean, coached basketball and basketball softball. And my, my, you know, Mr. Goller, he's a very, very much a visionary. So he turned the curriculum over to me and I was able to come up with a pretty unique curriculum um, with five levels or five paces of learning for kids so that they could be matched in an algebra one that matched their pace of learning. And so um, we were able to do that and it, I was all into um, you know, the curriculum end of it in design. So that's how I came back. That must have been very uh, cool being able to pretty much build your own program from the ground up. It was amazing. And it, you know, I, I, I think about that and I think about higher education and, you know, I was able, I never wanted a class that had more than 22 kids in it. And so, and I did have a computer program. I did this all, I had 400, and again, it's, we're a small school. I had 435 students during our largest time, nine through 12, and was able to do this by hand match up kids with a particular learning style teacher. And all of our, our test scores went up. Um, the attendance rate of coming to school was at an all time high. And I just, I, I mean, it was just amazing um, to see that that was a definite reflection of being in some place that you felt comfortable, you could ask questions, and you were at a pace where, you know, someone wasn't waiting on you, even if it's another student or that you were uncomfortable asking a question. You know, if you had to ask a question five times, if you're in that same pace of learning, you're comfortable to ask that question. Coming into the school and, and helping develop that type of program that had such a, a quick and, uh, and positive impact on academics, that obviously, um, or I'm assuming, it gave you considerable credibility with, uh, say, the academic world as you made that transition to uh, athletics, correct? Well, <laughs> um, it did. However, you know, that's something, you know, I've been, I toil in my mind about writing about. Um, you know, once you say you're in athletics, it seems as if maybe you lose five points on your IQ, <laughs> somebody's mind. Um, so that's that's been an interesting take on that, actually. Um, it, as if that's the only thing that you're interested in. When I feel like most of my colleagues, you know, we're academic minded. We just happen to like to play too. So, you know, the athletics allow you that opportunity to um, get into another realm with these kids in another relationship with them and show them, you know, we take this and we go here and you're, you're putting in all the kind of problem solving, relationship um, building, time management, I mean, how, emotional intelligence. I mean, I think that's something that we all can really, you know, learn from is how to control or increase our emotional intelligence in, in tough situations. Uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir here when I say, you know, sports is, is our classroom. It's, it's not extracurricular. It's co-curricular. Uh, we're teaching those lifelong lessons of dedication, commitment, sacrifice, uh, integrity. Uh, you know, I, I 
tell the chemistry teacher, you know, they can forget that formula in your class, but they can't forget, you know, how to work with other people in my class. So uh, that's right. It's uh, it's always fun. Well, well, uh, you know, good job with all the things you're doing there. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, your journey with uh, your state association and uh, the NIAAA. Uh, we have a lot of younger ADs listening, and I think it's important to talk about how you got involved um, both locally as well as nationally, you know, taking the LTI courses and of course getting your CAA. Sure. Um, we have something very special, I feel, in Northern Kentucky where we have the Northern Kentucky Athletic Conference, Athletic Directors Conference. And that is the, um, the, the, you know, the, that ground level for just this area. And then within that area, um, people like Stan Steidel and Ron Madrick, who then encouraged us through, you know, education that, you know, you can belong to this association, the Kentucky High School Athletic Directors Association. I'm like, sure, you know, the more I can gain more knowledge. I mean, that knowledge is power and education, you know, can set you free in any kind of journey that you're on. Um, and so I think one of the things that's hard for a young athletic director, including myself, like, so I was an athletic director for, you know, probably five years before I went to my first state conference. And I think, oh, what, you know, what was I waiting on? But it's one of those things where, you know, you think you're overwhelmed. Well, you know you're overwhelmed. But instead of thinking, well, this is going to help you with your overwhelmness, you just freeze and you just stay in your own cocoon. But once you can blossom and you have those great people that are right there with you, um, then, you know, I was able to get on the board of um, directors for, you know, our association. And it's been just amazing. And the people are so supportive and you I mean, the stories that people can share are so funny. You know, I can just sit in my office dealing with something uh, and then think about someone else's story. I'm like, oh, that's nothing. You know, that's so funny. And um, because sometimes I feel that athletic directors can be on an island within their own school. And it's like, do you really know? You know, you always get that. You know, I know you're busy, but can you? It's like, well, if you know I'm busy. <laughs> then what are you saying? So, um, you know, the, your fellow ADs in your state and then at the national level, I mean, you're just one, one tick higher that you're all there. And, you, you know, we have this wonderful new website with the NIAAA that I just love. You know, it can be in the background while I'm working on something else, you know, and just reading things at the same time that all of a sudden it's an inspiration to keep you going. So uh, it's very, very supportive very, very welcoming and inclusive. So I love it. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Talk a little bit about um, your coursework uh, that you were taking that led to your CAA and, and the impact that that's had on your ability to, to do your job. Absolutely. So, you know, my first um, national convention just was mind blowing. I invited my mom to go with me. It was in Tennessee. Um, and it was, you know, around Christmas time, of course, all the decorations. So she went shopping and had her good old time. And I just, I signed up for every course I could take with the time slot allowed. And so that really kicked it in for me to be on my journey for a CAA, you know, because again, you're like, everyone kind of got to take this, this and that. But the conferences 
um, my school is very supportive, my administration and uh, continuing education. So they pay for all my coursework. And so I would take anything and everything that I could take. So getting that information underneath my belt and then the perceptions from the different people, like, you know, you're thinking one way about this and then they're thinking another way. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense. And um, we are a, um, an urban inner city um, parochial school, which has its own um, on the world, I guess, if you will. And so being able to take some of those courses where you learn from other people that uh, teach uh, in urban cities, it's just been an amazing um, experience, and I look forward to it every year. I wish we were in person. Virtual is going to be just fine, but I just, you know, I love meeting new people and and getting together. So, yeah, it's uh, great, great to to hear that it's had a positive impact. And I wouldn't be doing my job as a member of the certification committee if I didn't say now that next step is uh, get that CMAA project going. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm gung-ho, so I have a plan in mind, um, and it is about um, officiating. So before the, the COVID hit us, I was looking at doing a social with officials and parents and saying, you know, if I'm an official, hi, my name is Ann Julian, and here's my, my daughter, my husband, and we're here with the kids, you know, and trying to put that personal a spin on it. So maybe it wouldn't be as easy to yell things all at somebody, you know, when you put that human aspect onto it. Um, and, I, you know, I was just thinking the other day, you know, the, the first uniformed person that a child experienced experiences is, is a lot of times an official. So as a parent, a coach is maybe not being so kind with their words and their expression, what are we teaching kids when we, we're trying to show respect to a person in uniform? And so that, um, you know, that really is, is been on my mind lately is we have a, a, a social responsibility to be the, the role models and the example of how to treat those in charge of the rules, even if we don't like them or our perception is a certain way. Um, and so, with our, you know, third graders, fourth graders, we need, we really need to teach, teach how we respond to those situations. That's such a great uh, idea. I'm, I'm excited to see that develop. And please, you know, shoot me an email or call me up. I'd love to help you uh, uh, if, if you need help, uh, you know, putting that together. Um, also, I got to share one of my favorite memes I saw a couple years ago. Um, the text goes like this, um, um, you know, a parent sitting in the stands and goes to another parent, you know, uh, hey, what uh, number is your kid? Uh, I want to yell at them. And uh, the parent says, well, what do you mean? You know, why do you want to yell at my kid? And uh, the first parent says, well, you've been yelling at mine all game. And uh, the parent says, well, who's your kid? And the other parent says, the referee. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. So, uh, so that's great. Glad to hear you're working on that. Yes. Let's go and talk about COVID. Uh, we've been talking this over with our athletic directors. And uh, again, we've seen a wide variety of responses to this crisis uh, across the country. Uh, some states 
it's business as usual, you know, let them play. Uh, other states have canceled seasons. Other states have moved the seasons around. Uh, in Florida, you know, we delayed for a month uh, and then we kind of basically restarted, but there are still pockets of our state, um, particularly down the South, that are just now um, getting back to uh, their first days on campus. And so we, we know that it's been different. And uh, spoiler alert for our listeners, we're recording this on September 29th. So by the time it airs, hopefully things might have changed uh, uh, a little bit. But, and what's happening right now in Kentucky? What's happening at your school with regards to um, return to school as well as return to play? Okay. The parochial schools in, in our um, state uh, chose to go back um, to school in person, full bore. There's no AB going in. It's every student's in, all masked up, um, six feet or further from your peer sitting in a classroom, um, which has been challenging. We, you know, the whole lunchroom is set up differently. They're facing forward. And then we followed the return to play athletically set forth by the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. And within that, we also had our local school board, our superintendent and their task force time to come together for um, the parochial schools to say, well, this is how we're going to add on to what is the expectation from the, the state. And so we have uh, limited two spectator two spectators per athlete, which is a challenge, especially when you're dealing with maybe divorced parents that might have a stepmom, a stepdad. I would also like to see uh, Susie or Johnny play. Um, so that, that's been a challenge, but you know, our motto is, you know, let them play. So we, we're, and we promise to do everything we can to get the kids back in, because it is about the kids. And then we have the um, live streaming as much as possible so that they can watch from home with the hopes that we get it contained or, you know, it, it dissipates, we hope, and goes away um, sooner versus later. But again, just getting these kids involved in school, number one, and athletics, number two, I think is on a mental health status, very important. What... Um... What's been the response of, you know, the parents and kids? Have they been following procedures? Um, you know, have there been some challenges with that? There have been challenges. There has been, there's been challenges because I, you know, we, we tend to bring in a personal opinion about rules and regulations in most things. So just reminding, friendly reminder, and, you know, saying, you know, we're, we live in a, a world of, people wanting to do their own thing. And then we have, you know, those that are responsible trying to, you know, help us be active. And then you, you're not going to follow the rules. Well, they're going to have to shut us down. And I would completely uh, respect that if we're not doing everything that the, the experts are saying that we need to do. So, you know, first having a, a conversation, um, it's usually, it's the adults. I mean, the kids are really pretty good, but the adults, you know, they want to make it for this platform or that platform and just saying, you know, on this campus, we are going to follow this because I want our kids to be able to play. And I know you do too. So let's follow that. And, you know, they might 
grumble. You're right, Miss Julian. And, you know, develop having that trust to begin with, you know, they have to trust me for anything, any decision first that I'm going to look out for the best interests of their child and for them as well. So that that's been, you know, it's just the little things, but the little things matter when you're touching stuff and putting it on your face. <laughs> so, um, but there, it's been, it's been good, you know, well, I mean, just getting people to see that they're part of the team, you know, they're part of the solution and, hey, we all got to uh, do the right thing. Right. Let's go and shift gears a little bit. You know, I always ask the ADs, what's your favorite part of the job? And, of course, they say the kids, and it, it certainly is that. But aside from the kids, what are some of the things that you really like about working at Holy Cross High School? You know, what gets you excited each day about uh, coming to work? Well, I would say at Holy Cross High School, I do have creative um, liberties on things. Uh, as long as, you know, I follow, you know, our, our Catholic beliefs and those kind of, kind of, kind of um, ideology that we follow here. Um, but I can, I can celebrate with kids uh, monetarily like you know pizza party well, of course with COVID not so much um, but my sport other coaches from different sports they're really on board of celebrating other people's athletes because they're all our athletes but for instance our baseball coach um, was able to deliver uh, Chick-fil-a to the girls soccer team um, that was finishing up their senior you know senior day um, soccer um, I just, I just love being a part of the team. You know, again, I love the kids, but I'm such, I, you know, again, I can't get out there and play anymore. That was very hard at the very, at the beginning to get used to, but I still feel a part of the team. My, my role, my role on the team is this, um, and I love a good assist. So that was, um, I guess that's my favorite part is like waking up and knowing we got a game today. We got a game today and, and here's what I get to do. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing like game day. I love your expression. Nothing like a good assist. And, uh, you know, we are part of that team. So I don't think any other profession, uh, you know, has as many opportunities for success uh, that we have every single day, whether it's game day or not. And it has really been uh, a joy listening to you, but we're not done yet. Okay. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're an experienced AD, and I'm challenging you right now to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Ann Julian's athletic director toolbox? Okay, it's going to be um, a calendar, a flip calendar that goes on a basket that has file files in it. And so... It's a monthly calendar, and then in that file is paperwork, things that need to be done for that month. That's handy, ready there. Um, the toolbox, it's, this is gonna be something that's mostly a, um, a advice, not an item, I guess, per se. But what I learned in one of my workshops I went to is never handle a piece of paper more than twice. And for someone that's kind of like a hoarder when it comes to holding on things, <laughs> that's probably the biggest. It's like, you know, look at it, 
make a decision and either throw it away or file it. So I think that is important. And um, the last um, thing I would put in there is um, probably a book that says, um, happy kids don't punch you in the face. And it has, I know, <laughs> but it has some really good ways to deal with kids that might be, you know, going through things in, in their lives, and then they bring it into the classroom, they bring it into your field classroom, and we as professionals need to be able to recognize that before we add to their misery. So it's a, it's a great book, but it's called Happy Kids Don't Punch You in the Face. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing that down as, as we speak here. Happy kids. Okay. Uh, and it, it goes right along with what, you know, I think we tell our coaches that, you know, practice, that should be the highlight of, of every kid's uh, day, you know, uh, yes. geez, I got to go to practice. No, no, I get to go to practice. So, all right, that's good stuff. And uh, thank you so much for visiting with us. Continued success at uh, Holy Cross and, uh, you know, be safe. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And Get out there and join the NIAAA and have fun with everything that they have to offer. I appreciate that shout out to our listeners. Thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD podcast. The Zoom recording of this episode is available on the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's educate after A-T-H-D-I-R, uh, and the FIAAA YouTube channel. Thanks again. Seven lonely days and a dozen times ago, I reached out one night and you were gone. Don't know why you'd run, what you're running to or from. All I know is I want to bring you home. So I'm walking in the rain, thumbing for a ride on this lonely Kentucky back road. I've loved you much too long, my love's too strong to let you go. Never knowing what went wrong Kentucky rain keeps pouring down And up ahead's another town that I'll go walking through With the rain in my shoes Searching for you To some old gray-bearded men Sitting on a bench outside a general store They said, yes, she's been here But their memory wasn't clear Was it yesterday? No, wait, the day before 
finally got a ride with a preacher man who asked, Were you bound on such a cold, dark afternoon? As we drove on through the rain, as he listened, I explained, and he left me with a prayer that I'd find you. Kentucky rain keeps pouring down. And up ahead's another town that I'll go walking through With the rain in my shoes Searching for you 